Welcome back for part two of this Science Talk podcast conversation with author Mark Anderson about the transit of Venus posted on May 31st, 2012. I'm Steve Mursky. In part one, Mark talked about some of the science and adventure of the transit missions back in the 1760s. In part two, we'll talk about the 2012 transit coming up next week and the actual new science it'll enable astronomers to perform. It's interesting, in the book, uh, you quote Cassini, who, if, uh, if people have heard the name, it's probably because of the Cassini expedition to Saturn that uh, happened in the last decade. Um, but Cassini, who lived at this time, warned everybody that there would probably not be a better opportunity to observe a Venus transit until 2012. Which yeah. I, I just thought was a fascinating little tidbit of history, considering that, you know, we're in 2012 and the transit he was talking about is next week. Yeah. Cassini was actually a, um, there were a, there's a whole family of, of legendary astronomers in, in France uh, named Cassini. And I don't know which one the uh, probe is named after, but, but this was certainly a, a noteworthy and legendary Cassini who who made that observation around I think it was like 1771 or so, um, and saying you know this is um, these transits are so rare, and science was able to forecast so far into the future when these transits would happen that he looked ahead and he said you know these transits that we might see in the 19th century. This is a guy in the 1770s who's saying this. Yeah, they're not going to be so good. And the 2004 transit, again, <laughs> a guy in 1771 looking forward to the year 2004, says, yeah, not, not as good, but the one in June of 2012, that's, that, that really will be the next one when, when we get the opportunity to, to do the kind of science that we did in 1769. And they're actually, at the very end of the book, you answer a question that I had throughout the book, and that is, is there any actual new science to be done, or is this just a, a nostalgia trip to see an actual transit of Venus? But you talk about the fact that there is still new research to be performed that could really inform our search for new planets around other stars. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The The, the, the transit of Venus turns out to provide new windows on the universe um, to, you know, to each generation that, that, that gets to observe one. This time around, of course, we know the distance scales of the solar system. We know how far the sun and all the planets are. However, now we're looking at planetary systems elsewhere in the galaxy, and we want to understand what they're like, and maybe even find sister Earths elsewhere in the galaxy, and study not only the planets themselves, but their atmospheres and and, and everything else that, that we can find out. Well, transits, when a planet crosses directly in front of a host star, are tremendously useful, and in fact, they're essential to finding these, what are called exoplanets. In other words, they're planets outside of our solar system. And there are around 770 exoplanets that are known, and they've really only been discovered in the last 20 years, as astronomy has, has gotten very good at that. NASA even has its own dedicated exoplanet space telescope called Kepler, and um, and they they find that they find new exoplanets at the rate of a, a few per month, sometimes a few every week. Um, so they're finding these things left and right, and the way they find them is 
is uh, looking for tiny little dips in the in the light that comes, you know, that, that we measure from a star, that might represent, you know, a little eclipse of a of a planet passing directly in front of that star. And if you can see it on a periodic basis, then you know, okay, well, that's a planet that's crossing it on a, you know, on a uh, in some sort of regular fashion. So, so that's that's all well and good if we just want to look at the planets, but if we want to actually look at the atmospheres and understand, you know, what's on that planet, you can do that with a transit. And so what we know today, because we've sent space probes to Venus and we've studied the sun very well, so both both systems are pretty well understood, that is, the Venus and the sun. So there are going to be telescopes all over the world. Indeed, the Hubble Space Telescope is going to be looking at the reflections of the Venus transit off of the moon. They can't point the Hubble directly at the sun because it would burn out its optics. But Hubble will also be looking at the Venus transit um, courtesy of, of the reflections of the moon. And what they're all going to be looking for is the about 0.001% of the sun's light that has also passed through the atmosphere of Venus during the transit. The yes. reason that's interesting to astronomers is they can work backwards from that light and figure out, well, what is the chemistry in Venus's atmosphere? What They can even find the wind speeds in Venus's atmosphere at the time of the transit. So they, they can find, they can, they can practically perform a weather forecast of Venus. Now, that might be, you know, that's a kind of interesting, you know, it's kind of an interesting curiosity about what we can use the Venus transit for. But we can't do anything like that for um, for planets in faraway star systems, except for transits. So what the Venus transit allows us to do is to study a known system where we know Venus, we understand its atmosphere relatively well, we understand the, the, the sun's light relatively well. The one thing we don't have a good picture of is, you know, what does it look like when, when Venus transits directly in front of the sun and we study that light very carefully. Then you can take the things that we learn from studying the transit of Venus and apply it to a transit of another planet elsewhere in the galaxy. And maybe even, you know, someday study its atmosphere, perform a weather forecast from halfway across the galaxy of some sister Earth. Just by looking for the light as it goes through the sliver of atmosphere versus the disk of the planet itself. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So because we, we can get just, we, you get a tiny little bit of, of the light during a transit, you get a tiny bit of light that passes through the planet's atmosphere, if it has an atmosphere. Um, and so if you tease that out, then you can start doing all kinds of interesting science on the atmosphere itself. Um, and again, we can send probes, and we have sent probes to, to Venus and to other planets to study, you know, to study them up close. But we can't do that for these faraway planets. So that's why the Venus transit is really helpful because it lets us do kind of a test case where we understand all the parameters and then we apply all that knowledge to studying these these planets elsewhere in the galaxy. So you must be particularly excited to be able to see this transit coming up next week. Oh, it's it, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting as a piece of kind of cutting edge science today. I think it's it's also I think there's also something a little more um you know there's there's something just fascinating in and of itself that when you look at the the sun in the 
in the sky. And it's important to note, we, we, you know, when you're looking at the transit, when you're looking at the sun at all, you should be using some kind of solar filter or, or um, there are different um, ways of, of observing the transit. I talk about that on, on my website, on the book's website, on um, discoveredsun.com. So when you look at the sun through one of these methods, you know, like through a solar filter or something like that, it's kind of it's it's kind of amazing. You know, you're looking at this at this star, this black. You know, when you look at it through a solar filter, it's a black background. So and then there's this big yellow disc right in the middle, and and it's you know it's kind of this beautiful perfect sphere that you can understand why people have been studying the, the sun for as long as they have and that that is fascinating but when you're actually when you see this little this little circle cross it like a june bug crossing a dinner plate i mean it really it really to me it really brings it home this is just another star you know this is this is the kind of stuff that we see with stars all over the galaxy what we're looking at is you know it's kind of a a humbling moment as as you realize you know that as as Douglas Adams put it that the universe is very 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 big and uh and you know we're we're just a we're just a small piece of of that much larger puzzle and so to me there's the Venus transit also has a way of kind of bringing it all home and where will you be watching it yet to be determined there's a number of media outlets that are talking about the Venus transit, so I'm going to be doing some interviews during the day, but probably I'll end up going to one of the local um, Venus transit events where, where I live in western Massachusetts. Listeners would be well advised to do just a little bit of homework in advance because the, um, and it's probably just as quick as doing a, a Google or, or two, finding local astronomy clubs or colleges, high schools, um, that will be setting up their telescopes because uh, it is best to observe the Venus transit through a telescope because then you can see it right up close. Um, and you, again, you can't look at the you can't look at it directly without a good solar filter on on your scope. But you let other people do that, and then you can just go in and and uh, and and watch it um, with you know with, with everyone else. And it's 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 really I I, I think it's uh, it'll be really it'll be really cool. And uh, I, I think that there's almost nothing that people with telescopes like better. Well, the, the first thing they like to do is look through their telescope. But the second most favorite thing they love to do is have you look through their telescope. So they're usually pretty generous about letting a lot of people take a look at whatever it is they've got the telescope trained on. You're here. Well, I, I wish you clear skies. That's the important thing. Boy, yeah. Um if if we if we get cloudy skies, you know, you can at least watch a video on YouTube and see how someone else who had clear skies saw the transit. These people back in seventeen sixty nine, their their whole world was was riding on, on clear skies. We'll be back right after this word from Carrie Smith at the Nature Podcast. This week painting a molecular canvas, why birds look like baby dinosaurs, and should we try to save the endangered Sumatran rhino? Just go to www.nature.com slash podcast. If part one's tales of long ocean voyages sounded interesting, 
Set a course for adventure and expand your mind on a Scientific American Bright Horizons cruise. For information, go to scientificamerican.com slash travel. That's it for this episode. Enjoy the transit wherever you are and however you observe it safely. And check out our website, www.scientificamerican.com, for lots of Venus transit info. On June 5th, our astronomy editor, George Musser, is scheduled to host a live chat about the transit, so look for that. And check out the free iPhone Venus Transit app from Astronomers Without Borders. For Scientific American Science Talk, I'm Steve Mursky. Thanks for clicking on us. Where?